Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Liz and Bree, uh, it's my, my time to share what the Lord has been working in my life and what I have been putting to practice. So um, I, wa- I know some of you know, but I have been embarking in this new journey of going to boot camp. And it's been six months, you know. Early on in my boot camp, this is very intense workout, you know, something that I normally didn't do. So early on, I was having a lot of issues with my back. And after talking to my trainer and modifying exercises, my trainer was like, well, maybe you should go to a physical therapist to make sure that we're not dealing with something more serious. So I went ahead, I scheduled an appointment, I go in, she does an in-depth evaluation, she does a range of motion evaluation, and she comes back and she tells me, well, good news, there is nothing serious here happening, but there's two things that we need to really work on. One of them is that your core is very weak. And so that is normal. If you didn't do exercises for a long time, uh, it's normal that your core is weak. So we need to work on strengthening your core so your back muscles are strong and they can handle the intensity. So the more you do exercises, the stronger your core will get. But the second thing, and this is what really caught my attention, she said, there is a disconnect between your mind and your body. So it's, I'm like, okay. So, so I, I was like, explain that a little bit more, you know. She's like, you know, it's not about aimlessly doing exercises. Some of the exercises, you have to think about them in order to do them correctly so you don't hurt yourself. But that's not happening to you. So I'm going to give you some homework in-home stretches, exercises, and I'm going to see you every week for a couple of weeks, and you will start to notice how things are going to get better. So, you know, I went ahead, did what she told me, and at the beginning, it was hard, guys. I mean, the disconnect was pretty, there was a big gap, you know? So it took me several weeks to really think, okay, this is how you do this exercise. This is how you do the form of this exercise. And I feel in the church and as Christians, we have a disconnect between loving God in our minds and actually putting that love into action by reaching the lost. There is a a disconnect between your mind understanding and knowing that you love God, but it hasn't transferred in your heart and then to your hand. But God is an expert at helping us connect those two. He loves to help us. He loves to instruct us. He loves to be beside you and in front of you and behind you and teach you how to do this. How to mature your love in order to reach the lost or the sphere of influence that you are in. How to steward the group of people that the Lord has given in your hand so they can mature, grow, and fulfill the purpose that the Lord has called. So we're going to read a story. This is about Peter. I love Peter because I can identify with Peter. 
a lot. And it's in John 21, verses 15 through 19. This is the NLT version. And it says this. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus said. Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. So point number one that I want to talk about is the first question and the answer that Jesus did to Peter. And it says, feed my lambs. The word lambs is often referred to baby sheep. And so what was Jesus telling Peter? And what is Jesus telling me today? Jesus was telling Peter, go and feed the lost. Go and take this forgiveness. Remember, if, if you haven't read the story of Peter, Peter had denied Jesus three times prior to this. And so I believe, don't take this, this is, you know, don't take this as like it is in the Bible, but I believe Peter was in a kind of in a rut because he had realized what he had done. And even though he had received forgiveness for what, what happened, I don't think Peter had forgiven himself. And so that hindered him from reaching out to the lost. Later we see that Peter, after this, Peter preaches the gospel, 3,000 go, go to Jesus. So you have to realize that Jesus was telling Peter, he was kind of like, hey, remember when you used to follow me? You have seen me do this. Yeah. So Jesus was, is telling us, feed the lost. Go and reach out. Go and this salvation that you have, that you have experienced, this, this deliverance that you have experienced, this healing that you have experienced, this hope that you have, you need to carry that to the lost. You need to tell them that I am the only way, the truth and the life. Because if you don't do this, someone else with another religion will. And so, how do I do this? I don't know about you, but I, I need practical things, you know. How, how do I do this? It's very simple. We have to put ourselves out there. Very simple. Sometimes we overcomplicate the gospel. But it's not complicated. It's very simple. We have to put ourselves out there. The lost are not going to come to us. 
the hurting are not going to come to us. Why? Because they don't know that we have the hope unless we go. The Bible says, precious are the feet of those that carry the good news. And the Bible says, go and make disciples into all nations. It doesn't say sit down in your pew at church. Get yourself so comfortable and they will come through that door. No, there has to be an action. But let me tell you something. I'm going to give you two examples of my life, how I am putting this into practice, how I do this in my life, just to give you a better idea. But before I do that, I want to tell you this. Our love has to mature. Our love has to become sacrificial. And our, what we are experiencing in the church, we need to carry it out. And the only way that could happen is for me to putting myself out there and being okay with being rejected, with being embarrassed, with saying things that probably at the beginning don't make sense and sound heretical. That's, that's totally okay. As we do this, we will get better and more comfortable with the word of God. Because we have to understand something. It is not me that transforms people. It is the spirit of God that transforms. It is not me that convinces people. It is the spirit of God that convinces. I am not pressuring absolutely anyone into salvation. We don't do that. We just invite it's an invitation. If someone accepts the invitation, great, you keep going with them. If someone says no, that's totally okay. You keep praying, you keep looking for someone else that actually needs Jesus. So I'll give you two examples. The first example I want to I wanna share with you, and this is the most recent one. But I work with police officers. It's been five months that I've been working with them. And I, I am a chaplain with them. And I work in collaboration with, with other pastors uh, lo from local churches here. And, you know, at the beginning, it was super uncomfortable <laughs> uh, for various reasons. You know, first of all, uh, I, just to tell you a little bit of backstory, I had a burden for the first responders. I started to ask the Lord to to really give me a way and open a way for me. And through divine appointments, he made a way and I'm in there. And, you know, I'm no police officer. I have no training in police officer to be, to become, you know, to be a police. I don't know their lingo. And I am the only women chaplain there. And you know what? Sometimes I second guess myself. And I said, do I, do I, at the beginning, do I really need to be here? But the only thing that anchored me into that was the obedience that I had of what the Lord had called me to do. I often will tell the Lord, Lord, how can I connect with them? How can I, how can I tell them? And you have to realize that first responders, they are always on alert. Because it's the nature of their job. They don't trust easily because it's the nature of their job, especially police and especially everything that's happening recently with them. It's, uh, it's, it's very hard. So I was asking the Lord, how 
please tell me how. Instruct me how. And the Lord told me, I want you to be present and I want you to build relationships. So guess what I do? I put myself out there. I go during the week, during lunchtime, and I meet their administrative staff, and I talk to them. And when I go there, my cell phone is on silent. I don't look at my phone. And I start to have conversations. Then I go to their shift change, and I'm always hanging out in the squad room. And I don't understand a lot of things that they talk about, but they're starting to get to know me. I take food to them. You know, <laughs> you know, I feed them because in my head I said, well, I'm going to feed them in the spirit, but I'm also going to feed them in the natural. But let me, let me I'm going to give you into, I believe it was a strategy from the Lord. So a lot of people, when they take food to the police officers, they take donuts and they take unhealthy stuff. But the Lord, tell, like, I really thought about this and I really think it was the Lord Take healthy food. Well, this week I was in the squad room and um, one of the lieutenants was like, we already know that you're the one that brings the healthy food in here. And we love it. And uh, keep doing that. And they are, you know, so we're, I'm establishing relationships with them. And there's 68 of them. Will I know each and every one of them? Probably not. But I'm getting to know, I know their birthdays. I pray for them. I'm there. I am there. I am putting myself in so many uncomfortable situations, conversations. Most of the time, I don't say anything. I just observe. I laugh with them. I'm trying to understand what they're saying. And they're so kind. They're so kind to me. But I know I'm building trust. And I know that if one of them receives Jesus, that's all that I needed to do there. That's, that's the current thing that I'm doing. I had to put myself out there. The second example I want to give you is that I've been working with someone for a little bit over nine months, walking with this person, just really being a friend, telling them about Jesus, being constant, you know, and it has taken close to a year for this person to come to one church service. And so why do I share this with you? Is because we have to understand that when we are reaching the lost, we are doing one soul at a time. And you know what? It requires patience. It requires consistency. We sometimes want, as we reach people, we sometimes want that people get it like this. And people, we're not manufacturing souls. This is not a manufacturing, you know, this is not it. We have to be patient. We have to walk with people. We have to be interested not only in their soul, but what do they like? What do they want? What are the desires of their heart? We need to pray for them. We need to intercede for them. We need to fight for them. We need to go and eat with them. We need to live life. And so I am working with this person. And I have another group of people that I'm working. And it's hard. 
and it's inconvenient, and it's sometimes very messy, but it's what the Lord has called me and you to do. To feed his, his sheep, to take this hope. And I don't know about you, but I've experienced so much mercy and healing and deliverance that I cannot contain it. It's like bubbling. It's like I need to say something. And so that's what I do. Is it weird sometimes conversations? Of course it is. Of course. Oh, but maybe you're one, oh, I'm not so good at talking with people. Guess what? It's okay. Just remember John the Baptist, he was pretty weird. <laughs> he ate locusts. If you're not eating locusts, then you're better than probably John, you know. <laughs> you know, it's okay. I just want to tell you this is a lifestyle, and you should rejoice when you're doing this. Okay? So the next point I want to talk about is take care of my sheep. And the word sheep is often referred to a domestic animal that it's kept for its wool. So in other words, this animal fulfills a purpose. So what is, P- what is Jesus telling Peter? Disciple the new believer. And sure that this new believer matures in their faith. So they can fulfill the purpose that I have in their life so that they can preach the good news to other believers and disciple other believers. And so you're probably wondering, will I ever be done? No. You are never done. I am never done with this. So it's important. It's not only, first of all, we lead people to Jesus and we take them to the church. I'm going to say that again. We don't lead people to the church. We lead people to Jesus and we bring them to the church. Why, do we, why is this important? Because people cannot do this Christian walk alone. They need a family. They need someone to be ensuring that they are maturing and they're not getting weird theologies out there and preaching this weird theology to that new believer. So that's what Jesus is telling us. So how do I do this? (laughs) Very simple. We do the messy work. And we're not afraid of it. And this is discipleship. I disciple a few women here in the church. And whenever I started discipling them, a lot of them were, you know, they were new in Christ. I cannot just leave them there. I cannot just leave the new believer. Oh, okay, you received Jesus. You're good. Let's see how you do this. We have to make sure. We have to take care of these people. There's people in this church that for a long period of time have not matured in their faith, in their character, in their calling, because we haven't submitted ourselves to a discipleship. So we cannot just leave the new believer, okay, yeah, you receive Christ and he'll help you. No. I have to teach you. I have to model that. I have to do life with you. 
I don't leave my, 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 I don't leave the girls that I disciple just there. You know what? I fight for them in the spirit. I pray for them. They know me. I know them. We do the messy work. Sometimes it's so hard. It's because of everything. It's, it's a lot of tears. But you know what? That's what the church is for. A lot of things that we have to do. I'm afraid to be vulnerable. You have to deal with that with the Lord. But I am telling you that there is no other way. There is no other way. I understand that maybe you have been hurt and you have trust issues. And I understand that. And I am by no means lessening that. But I am telling you to give the Lord another opportunity and give the body of Christ another chance. Because we have to do this together. And we have to mature. And it's not easy. Doing this, discipling the new believer is not easy. It is hard work. A lot of prayer. And this is supernatural. I want to tell you this. We don't do this in the natural. There's a supernatural aspect of this. Because remember, we are not transforming people. It is the spirit of God that's transforming. If we do this in the natural, what you're doing is just changing a behavior. But you're not dealing with the root. We need to deal with the root. We need to help people deal with the root. We need to have hard conversations. We need to cry together because it's hard. And guess what? I am still in discipleship. And it still gets messy. So it never stops. The cycle never stops. And so that is the disconnect that we're having. That is what's happening. That we don't know. We don't know. We, we love the Lord because Jesus, Peter loved Jesus. He certainly did in, in that specific time. But his love hadn't matured. His love was not becoming sacrificial. We later see how Peter dies for the cause of Christ. So there is no doubt, some of us, I have no doubt that you love the Lord. But my question for you is, are you reaching the lost? Are you really making, building a bridge between you and the coworker that's experiencing a divorce? Are you building a bridge between your friend that is going to class that it's experiencing a very deep depression? Are you building, do you really care for people? That's the question too. Do you really care? Some of us are really stunted in our walk with the Lord because we haven't put ourselves out there and we are not in real discipleship. And I believe the Lord really wants to commission again. I'm going to show you a picture as I finish. I'm going to show you a picture of what happens to a, to a, um, to a sheep when they don't uh, remove the wool. So do we have that picture? You see, the sheep fulfills a purpose to do, you know, to give wool. 
And this is us sometimes. This is us sometimes. And, and I'm sorry, but this looks very gross. <laughs> you know, and I'm just going to tell you as I finish, I'm going to tell you something about this. I was reading the explanation of this. And it usually takes a person, uh, the person that's in charge of the sheep. I don't know if it has a, a, she, a shepherd. Sorry, guys. Uh, probably a couple of minutes to shear the wool. But in this case, this little sheep, it took hours. And they had to call a uh, doctor to monitor its heart because the weight of the wool was so, so heavy and it was so matted that his heart was really on the brink of like, you know, passing away. So this is what happens to us. This represents religion in our, in our life. When we just love God but are not willing to remove ourselves from our comfortable circle, this is what religion does. And you know it's very sad because I was reading that they were not even able to distinguish where, where was the actual head, the eyes, and this sheep hadn't been fed for quite a while because of the weight of the wool. Some of us are in this condition right now. The people in our sphere of influence, your work, your school, wherever you are, are not able to distinguish Jesus in you. They can know you are religious, but they don't know what kind of religion. And that's what's happening in our church as a, like, the, the church. And that's what's happening. The Lord is awakening us to the lost. And it's going to, it's, it, in our personal, it's going to take a while. Like the same way it took several weeks for me to have a mind and body connection to do exercises. Some of us, it will take a while to have that connection and to say, I love the Lord. But the only way this is going to grow and mature is for me to put myself out there. And for me to say, I am willing to do the messy work. Here I am, send me. That is a very scary prayer, church. Very scary. I have done it scared and not scared. But it's worth it. Because I don't want to be like this. I want people to recognize Jesus in me I want to reveal Jesus in me in the groups of people that I am reaching out I want them to say man I had never seen someone lived like Jesus like her and that is hard work I need to be connected with the vine I need to be connected with Jesus in order to do this and so as I close, I want us to go ahead and just, you know, if we could stand up. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a little bit, uh, something different this morning. I'm going to, if our pastoral team can come. But I know, 
I know the Lord is at work. I know the Lord is, is prompting each heart in a different way. And maybe there, there is a call to action to this. I was reading, as I was studying this, I was reading in my Bible commentary that when Jesus told Peter this, in other words, Jesus was recommissioning Peter and affirming Peter's call so he can fulfill what he was called to do. And so I believe some of us today need to be recommissioned and reaffirmed. But I'm going to do a call to the whole church. And this is an invitation. This is an invitation to say, here I am, send me. And if you feel that this is the type of prayer that you should do, I'm going to ask you to boldly step into the, the, the altar here in the front. And our pastoral team are, is going to pray for you. And we're going to recommission you. And we're going to recommission ourselves to go out to the lost and, and feed, feed the lambs. Take this hope one soul at a time and remove ourselves from this equation and remove ourselves of thinking what are going to be what is people going to think of me who cares who cares what they think of you what if i get it wrong it's okay pastor i'm really scared to do this guess what i am too and i have been too But my love needs to mature and become sacrificial. So I'm going to open the altar. And if you feel that you need to be in the altar. And you feel that the Lord is prompting you. Maybe you have been too comfortable. Maybe you have been into your own head. Maybe you're religious. Maybe you have disregarded the call that the Lord has put in your life to actually do something with a group of people and you have not obeyed I don't know where you are but one thing I know is that the Lord is commissioning today and the Lord is going to give you the words and we just need to be available I don't know how this is going to look. I don't know how everything is going to unfold. But one thing I know is that Jesus has been my way, my truth, and my life. And he has delivered me. And there by no way I, I cannot stop. I have to do this. Maybe you are here and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you are here and you're wondering, how can I, how can I even know this Jesus? And if that's you, I'm also going to ask you to step, this is a very bold step, to step into to the front very boldly and have any of this 
uh, pastors over here pray for you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.